It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Gross. Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker, hour number two here on the Full Court Press. Uh, text line is still open. We'll get to some of your texts. 435-339-0321. And you can text in on other topics, too, like the ones that we're going to shift to here this hour. But uh, we've been talking about rivalries, rivalries going away. Uh, is that is that a bad thing? Maybe I'm just too old, too nostalgic, where I... I like to hold on to tradition. But uh, the Utah State-BYU football rivalry, this could be the last one in a little while. Uh, we, we heard that the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma uh, series is going to be put on hold if it will ever come back again. And there's a number of other ones throughout college athletics that have been upended because of realignment. Um, but uh, we, we might talk about some other rivalries too here in a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll uh, kind of shifting our attention away from football for a moment and let's talk some usu hockey jason shall we yes we shall i'm excited because I, I haven't been to a hockey game in a couple of years and i've really been missing it it's been a problem <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah we've got a couple of guests uh here in studio with us we've got uh brendan wolcott and titan anderson guys uh thanks for coming down to the studio with us today yeah thanks for having us yeah of course uh so uh, first of all, let's just find out what what positions do you guys play? Uh, so I'm a defenseman. Um, uh, this is my third year here at USU, and then I'll pass over Titan. Um, hi, I'm Titan, and uh, I play goalie, and I'm a sophomore this year. So my thing is, if I figured if I had ever played hockey, then I probably would have been a goalie because I played goalie in soccer, and I always thought I was I would never have been athletic enough to you know play defenseman or. Whatnot, but I always feel like, of course, I don't know if I would have had the real reactions to play hockey goalie because that's completely different. Because um, in soccer, the ball moves a lot slower and it's a lot bigger. <laughs> Doesn't hurt as much if it hits you in the face. Um, but I guess like, what's kind of the experience as far as playing goalie? Like you know, since um, it's just since like it's the most unique position on the ice, obviously. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> some would say like we play our own sport kind of out there while everyone else is about 100 200 feet away we're all by ourselves back there um so a lot of that a lot of it's mental um and you got to be pretty flexible agile and the reactions is a is a big thing we i've spent years and years working on that and uh just improving reaction time and flexibility so a lot of stretching so how do you improve your reactions i'll be honest reactions was probably the place that i'd be tricky because when i was a goalie in soccer like my thing was positioning because I would try and be in the right position, and that, you know, is about 80% of a save, some of its reactions. But for you, obviously, I have to have reactions. So how do you, you know, increase that as far as being a goalie? Oh, it's actually funny you say that. Um, so I had a really good goalie coach when I was growing up named Mark Sample. He's out of Colorado. Um, but we, ever since I was 10, 
uh, I would have to take my helmet off, and he would sit there and throw pucks at my face. <laughs> and so I, I learned pretty pretty fast about how to catch pucks. Um, so there's that. Uh, you can do, like, reaction balls. They, they're these weird balls with all these little weird knobs on it. Um, and then just, like, tennis balls on the wall drills, something like that, just to get your eyes warmed up. Looks like you learned fast. It looks like you have all your teeth still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still got all those, unfortunately. Er, yeah, <laughs> so uh, for uh, for this Utah State hockey team, um, let's just start with, you know, where are you at with the season? Because we're about that time where the season's getting going for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, the season technically starts right as school starts. Uh, tryouts kick off right as people start going to school. Um, we just had our first two games the last two weekends uh, against Weber and UVU. We beat both of them, um, but the season's pretty deep. We have, I think it's close to a 46-game schedule if oh, you include wow. nationals, um, which we're hoping on making this year. But uh, I don't know. It's a super long season. We have 19 home games, I think, and we're just getting started. You know, we started off 2-0, and and we're hoping to only get better from here. And, and you guys have a game this weekend? Yeah, we actually have our home opener against Weber State. Uh, our last game was really good against them. It got pretty chippy. Um, I actually got my chin split open, uh, which was a lot of fun. But um, <laughs> we're hoping for a packed crowd this Friday. Um, so if people can make it out, it should be a blast. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, I'll just cut you off. Go but, for uh, it. If I remember Weber State, that's kind of the big rivalry because, you know, we talk about BYU went up. But Weber State's like the closest to you guys in terms of of town level for sure um, it's like you feel like that's a bigger rivalry in that sense or i know byu is always the one people get up for uh well i mean i feel like it's in utah it's easier to get up for byu just because it's byu you know everyone hates them uh but hockey wise i would say weber is probably our closest rival and yeah those games uh especially if you know hockey they're definitely the craziest they're the chippiest the most fights um and so i'd say they're our main rival especially with the loss of byu uh Weber's definitely the one to the one that we're going after this year, and that's the one we want our fans to kind of hate. <laughs> now, you, you said with the loss of BYU, for those who, who don't understand what that means, they've dissolved their team? Yeah, so uh, we don't know the exact details. Uh, if you go to BYU's either, um, if you go to their website or their Instagram, you can kind of check it out, but pretty much they had a weird agreement with the school to where they were allowed to be a program. Uh, and then BYU wanted to save face for some reason and kind of shut down the program entirely this year. So, are those? I, so we, I think I've heard that uh, those those players that were on that team they just moved over to, to join up with Utah Valley. Yeah. So they kind of they got like six or seven players over at Utah Valley that went to BYU that used to go to BYU. Uh, but a lot of guys I know, kid Dylan Walton. I played with him in Alaska. Uh, he went back to play juniors. A few guys just decided school isn't their thing or they just stayed at BYU. Uh, I mean, a lot of those players went there just to play hockey. And so, um, especially BYU, I mean, there's a, people that go there, they have a pretty big affiliation to that school. So not being able to play there probably lost them a lot of players and a lot of potential students. Uh, let's, I need to back up also. Just You guys introduced yourselves, but where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from Wasilla, Alaska. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's about 40 miles north of Anchorage. Uh, small town, small town stuff. Uh, just grew up playing high school. Um, and I know Tyne's a local here. I'll hand over to him. Um, yeah, so I'm actually uh, from the Valley. Um, I grew up in Wellsville, went to Mountain Crest High School. 
Um, and so it's been super cool just to grow up here around the college and then also just play in front of my friends who never got to see me play because we were always going back east as a kid. And then also family. Families, that's a big one that is very exciting to play in front of. So I've just kind of been curious, obviously with Utah State being a club program, like how on earth do you end up going from Alaska to Utah State playing club hockey? Like how does that process begin and you know obviously kind of conclude in a way yeah so i think club sports really get a bad rap especially with hockey um a lot of schools have club hockey programs because you know title nine requirements uh just stuff with the school they can't harbor a full ncaa d1 hockey team because a lot of money goes into that um and so schools kind of have these club sports programs but um I mean, we recruit heavily. Like, we have guys from Canada. We have guys from Alaska. We have uh, Tommy's originally from Japan. Like, we have a lot of players that come to Utah State just to play hockey. So I think club sports really gets a bad rap because people think, oh, it's just for fun. But a lot of us are here for mainly to play hockey. Of course, we're getting our degrees, but um, hockey is a huge part of our lives. Like, I've been playing since I was four. Uh, I've pretty much dedicated my entire life to the sport. And so... Um, I don't know. As a club sport, we have to we have to make a lot of stuff work, but we're all here for the love of the game, and I think that really shows in the way we play. Uh, we have a we have a text that came through on our text line. One of those was I think we just answered. Uh, did BYU's hockey team disband? But also, what's the typical experience level? This is from five three three eight. He says, "What's the typical experience level for most players on the hockey team? Uh, major, junior experience, and things like that." Um, so we kind of, we have very all all over the board. We have a couple guys that came, uh, I know Wolcott came straight from high school here from Alaska. And high school hockey in Alaska is very competitive. And then I myself, I took a gap year off of um, college so I could go play junior hockey. It's, um, it's one of the pathways you can take up. But we have kids from all different levels where it's like juniors, uh, high levels of AAA, or just high school straight uh, to college. So how does, like, the different levels of hockey work? So I'm getting, like, talking about juniors and in high school, and you obviously got the ACHA, and there's obviously NCAA uh, hockey. Like, how does that kind of all fit together, at least maybe if you're, like, on the path to maybe becoming a professional? Of course. Uh, so it all kind of depends. Like, if you're going to the NHL, uh, you're probably not going to end up playing even D3 NCAA hockey uh, year draft year for the NHL, which is the professional hockey every player dreams of being in your draft year is when you turn 18 um and so for a lot of guys that doesn't happen uh and so i'd say level wise it kind of depends on where you're at like minnesota high school hockey is the equivalent to like amateur professional hockey in a way uh like they'll go to the minnesota wild stadium uh which seats thousands and thousands of people um they'll cut off the upper bowl but they'll have about 10,000 people watching their high school hockey state championship game um and it's it's like a business there so it kind of depends on where you're at like titan said i came from alaska um high school hockey there is extremely competitive uh but there's a lot of places uh, especially in the u.s where high school hockey might not be all that good uh, and so a lot of guys if they're worth anything they leave the state they go play juniors and they end up in college um in the ACHA, uh, it's possible some guys end up going to play overseas, maybe go to Europe for a few years, um, kind of play mid-major professional. Uh, but no one really ends up in the NHL. Uh, and in comparison to NCAA, I'd say the top ACHA teams could probably compete with NCAA D3 teams. Um, there are a lot of 
ACHA teams that are actually looking to go NCAA D1. Uh, they're mostly looking for funding. Um, I know UNLV, uh, their club team, and they're playing the University of Alaska Anchorage, which is an NCAA D1 team this year. Uh, so it kind of all depends. I know, I think it was UNLV as well, played Denver um, last year, like Denver's NCAA D1 team. Uh, they lost like 8-3, but they said it was a crazy experience. And, I mean, for a quote-unquote club team to play an NCAA D1 team and only lose by like five is crazy. Uh, so it all kind of depends on where you're at. But I'd say, um, especially in club hockey, it's you have a place to be, and it's still extremely competitive. Uh, let me ask Titan, as somebody who grew up here, and th- hockey has been a, a, a growing sport. Not a lot of – not every high school has its own – Team, there's kind of a blend of uh, of uh, students who come together, athletes who come together from different schools. But how has that been? Just as you've observed, just as you've been kind of growing up through this, watching the sport of hockey grow in Cache Valley. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's no secret uh, having an NHL or professional team in your state is a huge help. So we have the Utah Grizzlies, and that's pretty good. Um, but growing up, hockey wasn't very popular. Um, my dad actually uh, helped uh, found the amateur hockey team, the Junior Aggies here in the Valley. Um, so unfortunately, when I was growing up, there wasn't much in the Valley. Um, so then I had to go down to Salt Lake. And then after that, at the age of 14, I moved away to Colorado to play for a year. And then the following year after that, I moved to Nashville. So if you're really wanting to go far in hockey, um, as of now, it's definitely growing in the state of Utah, but as of now, going out of state is your best uh, path for success. But it is growing, and so that's really that's really cool to see. And obviously, being part of the hockey team, we help out with uh, junior Aggies, and so it's kind of nice to give back um, and be a figure that really wasn't there for you when you were younger mm-hmm. and uh, sort of show them the ropes and show them what it takes to – become an uh, a competitive hockey player so what does it take to kind of grow you know the sport of hockey feels like it might be difficult because i mean there's only like one big ice rink here in cash maybe there's others i'm not aware of you obviously got the Eccles ice center like how do you grow the sport especially when to play hockey you kind of have to have uh you know an ice rink instead of just maybe a field or a court um i think the biggest part is definitely just giving back um uh you can be a serious hockey player because there, there's miracle stories all over the place and there's been a few guys that were born in utah that have made it to the nhl actually so i think um for ex hockey players and if they can come back and be a coach and help out that next generation i think that is absolutely huge because it just takes a coach when you're six seven years old to get you excited about it and then the the drive inside the kids will flourish that this may sound like somewhat of an ignorant question but in alaska did you play much hockey outside, or was it mostly done inside? <laughs> um, actually, inside, believe it or not. It gets a little too cold there. Uh, when it's uh, zero degrees and you have a negative 20-degree wind chill with 40-mile-an-hour winds, you don't really want to be outside. <laughs> that doesn't sound uh, <laughs> So much unlike Utah, actually, in my hometown, we had three rinks uh, all within 15 minutes of each other. Oh, wow. Um, so hockey's pretty big in Alaska, uh, but I will say, like in high school, uh, the middle school is right across the street, and behind them they had an outdoor rink that our our home rink upkept. 
Uh, so I'd be out there eight hours a day, especially over Christmas break, just having fun with my buddies. Uh, so outdoor hockey is especially prevalent in Alaska. Um, a few, me, and my, me and a few of my buddies here, we've went, gone to Manaway. Uh, we tried to make an outdoor rink there, but it only lasts a few days because Utah gets so hot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, outdoor hockey is a ton of fun, but um, it's definitely indoors in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, tell me a little about the, the team. Um, I guess first off, I know when I was covering it, John Eccles was the coach. He ended up retiring. Uh, who, who's the coach these days? Yeah, so Ole Janssen, uh, he's from Finland. He's an ex-player. Uh, he's our head coach this year. And then Sam Lindquist, who is also an ex-player. He's from Sweden. Um, he's our assistant coach. Uh, so those are the two guys that are coaching the team this year. Um, they're great guys. They really want what's best for our program, and it shows. Uh, they've done a ton of recruiting for us, uh, all of our practices, everything. Like, they've got it down. Um, I never got to meet John Eccles. Uh, I heard he was a great guy, but I think our program's really going in a good direction with these new guys. Yeah, John was there for quite a long time, finally just retired. Uh, but I guess, like, what's the style of the team as well, you know, under – you know, a newer head coach. I think under John, it was maybe a little, a little more speed-based in some cases. Like, what do you guys do? You're more physical? You're more trying to get up and down the rink? What's it like? Yeah, I'd say uh, we we definitely have guys that are physical. I know our decor, um, where most of us are above six foot. Uh, so we can use our physicality, but I'd say as a team, we're very fast uh, and we're very skilled. So we play very skilled hockey. Um, you definitely see some big hits, but we want to get down the ice. We want to score. Uh, and Ole and Sam, I think you can definitely see that in the way they coach and the way we play. Um, it's very quick, and it's very to-the-point hockey. Uh, Tide might have a little more to say on that because he gets to see the game more than I do from the back. Yeah, so back there, I've got a pretty good view of it. Um, we are, yeah, we're a very intense team. Uh, we may not always score the most beautiful goals. Well, for sure we have, like last weekend or two weekends ago, we had a highlight play from one of our players, Dalton Lallier. Um, but... Most of the time, we're very intense, and we uh, crash the net for our rebounds. Um, our decoy is very, very good. That's where we've always kind of strived. Um, so in hockey, you have power plays and penalty kills, right, when you either go man up or man down. And our penalty kill has always been very, very good. So we always think that having a good defense creates a great offense. And so our D zone is always very, very good, and that's very exciting to see, as a goalie especially. <laughs> When just the, the life of a, of a club athlete is very different from the other athletes on campus for Utah State who have scholarships, or if not, they have financial aid, they have facilities for, for tutors. It's a very different lifestyle for some of the other athletes uh, on campus. But what's it like for you as a club athlete? And how, how is it similar or how is it different? For sure. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's very different. Uh, so being a club sports athlete, they can't give us a scholarship. Uh, if we, a lot of guys are on scholarship because they're academics. So a lot of us, even though hockey players get a bad rap for being dumb, a lot of us are actually very smart because <laughs> we have to be, uh, we gotta, we gotta find a way to get through school. Right. Um, we don't have as many facilities as you said, athletics does. I mean, we don't have like a weight training facility we can just walk into. Um, we've got to use the arc or the field house, uh, just as regular students. Um, we do work out as a team once a week, but that's about the extent that we can get being a club sport team. Uh, we do 
we are very privileged being a club sport, especially just in the club hockey world. A lot of club hockey teams don't even have their own locker room. Uh, here at USU, we're extremely lucky. We have our own locker room. Get to leave our gear in there. Um, a lot of the guys were up at five, five thirty every morning. Get into practice. We practice very early. We practice at six in the morning. Uh, you go to school all day. A lot of guys have part-time jobs. Like I know, I only go to class Tuesdays and Thursdays every week, and then I'm working if we don't have games. Um, so I don't know. As a club sports athlete, you kind of you got to make it work, right? You got to wake up early. You got to go to class. A lot of guys are still trying to make money uh, through their own jobs. Um, and I don't know. I don't. I don't want to complain about it. I mean, we're still, we have amazing fans. We have an amazing lot, rink. We have a great group of guys. And I feel like the big difference between us and maybe athletics is that a lot of our players, like, we're there for the love of the sport. Like, we'll do anything we can to keep playing. Um, and I don't know. I feel like if you have a scholarship, you can get kind of complacent. But a lot of our guys, they're there because they love it. Um, I don't know if how Titan has anything to say about it, but... No, I think uh, we'll call wrapped it up pretty good. Um, being a, a club sport athlete, uh, our popularity is more spread word of mouth. Uh, this year, the herd student section has been doing very, very good at helping us promote our games. But other than that, it's basically us standing in our hockey jerseys, tabling, handing out little flyers, telling telling everyone to come to our games. So that's always super cool. But we don't have the luxury of the school posting it out as a big announcement or everyone's looking to go to the football game. So all of our popularity and attendance comes from us bringing that in. So what is that? I guess kind of explain the attendance because obviously I've, I've experienced some and it seems like it's been pretty good in a really raucous environment. Uh, what, what's that been like for you guys? Um, I don't know. Attendance for our games honestly gets kind of crazy. I mean, Eccles, what's our capacity titan like 2500 people um and that ring packed is insane like that is the loudest place i've ever been in um and obviously uh we want to shoot for hitting that capacity every game um we know it's kind of hard when we have 19 home games um but it's a crazy atmosphere i mean the aggie faithful are just amazing uh we can't necessarily hear every little thing you guys say maybe that's for the best <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard some of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it probably is for the best. Uh, we've heard some stories from some fans. Um, but I mean, they're just wild, man. Like, it is such a crazy environment. Uh, I've heard, like, even fans, they just love being there because of the atmosphere. And as a player, it's tenfold. Uh, even a lot of NCAA programs, like, they don't, like, NCAA hockey programs, they don't co even come close to what we have to offer here. And so we're extremely lucky here at Utah State to have the amount of fans and as crazy of fans as we do. Uh, let me, before we wrap this up, um, just, we've already mentioned Weber State's a big rival for you guys, but looking at your, your, your conference and teams that you'll face on the regular, I know that can kind of change from year to year, like who's going to be at the top. Uh, sometimes that can fluctuate, but what does it look like this year as you're coming into the season? Uh, how do you feel like your team is going to be compared to others, and who else is uh, are you gunning for at the at the top of your conference? Um, yeah, for sure. So we're looking very, very good this year. Um, we've always done fairly well. A few years ago, the team went to nationals, so obviously that's the end mark that we want to get to. But I think we've had a very, very strong start. Um, we have a game this year against University Umary. Um, they're the back-to-back -back defending champions, so we'll get, get a great look to see how we stack up against that. 
but last year we beat the number four ranked team decisively uh, 5-2 and so I believe that we can compete with anyone um, as long as we show up on the right night I think we can beat any team that we are up against and if I could chime in just a little bit uh, I think in Utah uh, I don't want to jinx ourselves, but I think we're an extremely good team, and we're going to be a team to look at, especially here in Utah. Um, Mountain West-wise, I think we're going to be up there pretty high. Um, and like Titan said, you, Mary, uh, I don't think he specified this well enough. They're the defending national champions. Like They're, they're the guys to beat. Um, and so we're going up into North Dakota uh, in October. We get to face them, I think, twice, and then we play Botno as well. Um, and I think they ranked third last year nationally. Um, so we have a this year at least we have a much stronger schedule. Uh, we'll re really be able to test like where we're at um, in Ata D2. Um, but I think this year we're looking really really good and we have an amazing chance to compete. Uh, and then so you guys have uh, your home opener Saturday, Weber State Friday. Friday thank Friday. you for the Friday clarification. Night, Friday night, <laughs> seven o'clock at the Eccles Ice Arena. Uh, thanks for coming down, you guys, and uh, best of luck this season. Yeah, thanks for having us. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> Once again, Brendan Walcott and Titan Anderson, thank you guys for coming down. That's Utah State Club hockey season underway. Home opener Friday night, <laughs> 7 o'clock at the Eccles Ice Arena. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press, and uh, love to get your comments and reactions. And we're going to give away some tickets to go see the USU Club hockey team coming up, so stick around and how to win coming up next on the full court press hey it's jackson from mountain west motor i want to invite all of you to our off-road event and cookout on october 1st at 4 p.m bring your street legal off-road vehicle and meet us at 4 p.m at mountain west motor 615 north main and logan we will check out each other's rigs for about an hour then head out around 5 p.m to providence canyon at the quarry we'll have hot dogs and hamburgers ready for everyone who can make it for more details follow us on instagram at mwmotor.co that is mwm O-T-O-R dot C-O. See you at 4 p.m. on October 1st at Mountain West Motor. Built for your adventure. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. Big Ten foes collide in Iowa City as the Iowa Hawkeyes host the fourth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Steve Berline and me for all the action as the dominant running attack of Blake Corum and Michigan look to remain perfect against Jack Campbell and the vaunted Hawkeye defense. It's Michigan and Iowa. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday morning beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming online at 1069thefan.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner and best in all the Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by the showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air.
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff in Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Car crashes don't happen in slow motion. They happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to check if your child's in the right car seat. Don't think you know. Know you know. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press, Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Uh, that was a lot of fun, having USU Club Hockey in the building. I always enjoy our conversations with the hockey players and the club athletes. Always do what we can to help them out because you know they don't get the same level of opportunity as some of the other sports uh, at Utah State. But you know, they've got a very loyal fan base, great crowd that goes in, uh, to support them. And uh, opportunity for you to go out and support them on Friday nights in their home opener. Yeah, that's the thing. They're obviously a club team, but they're, you know, in, in terms of their competence, are a lot like, you know, an NCAA-sanctioned team. At least, you know, in terms of their attendance, it's one of the best of any, you know, athletics team that Utah State has, club or NCAA. You mentioned, like, football and basketball. And then after that's probably hockey, maybe volleyball, maybe soccer. So they, they get a lot of attendance. They are a really good team. They're usually consistently at the top of their division. So it, pretty it, good. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. I love it. Uh let's let's do this. Um we're gonna give away some tickets to go see their game on Friday. And so a pair of tickets, and this is gonna test how how close you were paying attention. Um we'll see uh what should we do? Where, where was uh, Brendan Walcott, one of our guests here? Where was he from? If you remember what he said, where he's from, if it's this, you don't have to be super specific. If you can nail it right on the dot, great. <laughs> I mean, if you say the United States, then I'm not going to give. Yeah, it to we're you. not going to give you that one. <laughs> but if you, you can call in and uh, if you remember where he said he's from. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Yeah, you got to call in. We just had somebody text in. Uh, you got to call in. Call in. Call in. Tell us where he was from, where Brandon Wolcott was from, and uh, give you a couple of tickets to go see them play. Weber State in town. Always a spicy rivalry between yeah. the two teams. Yeah, it's really good. Those ones they definitely get chippy. I was at a few of my. You know, we talked about. Them being the rivalry because they are, they're both in that Division Two of the ACHA, or they're pronouncing it ACHA, which is weird. I always said ACHA, but then again, I'm not in that uh, sphere. So it, it is a, a big rivalry because they're close because the BYU games weren't really rivalry games 
in the sense of being close and whatnot because Utah State was killing BYU constantly. Um, less so, you know, the last five or six years, there were some years where BYU would be able to, to beat Utah State. And it was huge for them. But uh, Utah State would be beating BYU like 13-4 to four and stuff like that. You know, beating them pretty bad. And then University of Utah, they have a Division One team in the ACHA, although we were talking to them after, and it seems like Utah won't play Utah State anymore. Where Utah used to play Utah State once or twice. You know, the Aggies knew that would be a tough game, even though Utah isn't that kind of Division One of the ACHA. Uh, it would be a tough game. Utah usually slightly better, um, but Utah State would win some games. And they've been winning more and more often. I guess Utah got kind of sore about that. And uh, won't play the Aggies anymore because now I think what they were saying is Utah has a D2 and D1 team, I think, in the ACHA. If I understood it correctly, I may be wrong. And, and I've, there's several other schools who will do this. They'll have, even sometimes if they have a Division One sanctioned team, they might also have a club team. Yeah. So there are, there are certain schools that have two different teams. They'll be in different classifications, whether it's as a feeder program or just there's more interest and. In, you know, they just don't can't fit everybody in, but there's some some schools will have multiple teams under their umbrella. Yeah, for instance, I think Penn State has a D two in the in the ACHA because I think they're at least they did at one point. There there's some teams if you look in the a, the D two standings, you'll see some recognizable like they have like don't they have like an NCAA program and they do. They just also happen to have someone in the uh, the uh, ACHA. Uh, by the way, shout out to Don. Don called in and uh, got it correct first on uh, where Brendan Wolcott is from. He's from Wasilla, Alaska, and he nailed it right on the he said, there Wasilla, you go. He's Alaska. Got it. So he got it correct. So congratulations, Don. We're going to have a pair of tickets for set aside for Don to go see the uh, Utah State Club hockey team when they play coming up on uh, Friday and uh, with Weber State in town. Yeah, should be a fun That'll game. Be a fun one. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go. I was thinking – when you said it was on Saturday and they correct you to Friday, and I was like, dang it. Because <laughs> I won't be busy this Saturday because the football game is not on Saturday. No, Utah State football plays Thursday, so you'll have Friday free. I won't have Friday well, free. Well, you, Jason Walker, <laughs> yeah, I will don't because I have, I have high school football to, uh, to uh, attend and call. Uh, a couple of your texts uh, coming through we didn't get a chance to get to. 4781. This was uh, coming up last hour. When yeah, this we're, came we're still on this discussion. <laughs> Uh, Jason, I get that you get 100,000 people in college football stadiums, but look at the NFL with having 60,000 in a stadium and then have millions of viewers watch the games as well. NFL provides more opportunities for fans to stay involved no matter where they are. College football championship gets like 20 million viewers versus 100 million for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll give you the viewers, and NFL has viewership in the bag over anything except maybe the World Cup in soccer. And maybe like English Premier League, and I won't get too far into that. But it is more again. This was this was our conversation from last hour about passion between you know. And I was comparing the NFL to college, where I said college has more passion. And I still say that even though yes, NFL has more viewership. And you look at you know the Super Bowl, but honestly, look look at the Super Bowl viewership. Like who's watching? It's just everybody. But it's more of a cultural thing. Right. How much passion is there for? Those hundred plus million, like where a third of the nation is watching the Super Bowl, but how many of those actually care? 
It's more of, oh, we watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, we, we, we're playing games to, to see who scored, what's the end of the quarter break. And yeah. Does somebody get a candy bar because what the score is. And, and, and a bunch are watching for the halftime meal, show. What's the, yeah, it, it, what are the commercials? So, yeah, it, I get it, but it's still, it's different. Yeah, and again, like, there is passion. Like, he's in, you know, Forsen everyone has made some really good arguments here. He points out the Buffalo Bills, and there's different things where there is passion in the NFL. It is there, and it is very real. But I'm saying especially considering what, you know, the college is versus the NFL in terms of, you know, on-field product. When you look at Utah State, the passion for this team, like, <laughs> in small-town USA, or, you know, Alabama, like Tuscaloosa, Alabama is not a big town, but they get tons of people showing up for just little old Alabama right. college. It's a national so, program. Yeah, and just the obsession, the fact that people, you know, NFL, they get tons of viewership. You have people donating millions of dollars to these schools, just donating it, just so they can see their program do better. Like NFLs don't have boosters in, in the way that college does. You know, Texas A&M has like, gets like $100 million in budget, and a lot of that is boosters. And again, that's the thing where I'm talking about just in terms of passion, especially passion per fan, yeah, this made-up metric I'm just coming up with now. <laughs> personally invested in different ways. Yeah, it's just, it's just a different thing than the NFL. And, or I should just say to a higher degree, because the NFL still has some of that. But again, it's just to such a higher degree in college than in the NFL. Uh, 8968 is one who has followed college sports since early 1960s. Even though I lived in Davis County, a fellow Davis County there we go. resident, uh, I was an avid Aggie fan from junior high on. I'm telling you that it's just as, not as fun as it was back then. Even high school sports, too much money involved, I think. Yeah, high school sports has yet to be tainted, at least around here. It is getting that way, though. <laughs> it can be tricky. Because there's going to be money creeping into high school as well. We'll see if if that uh, spoils the kind of innocence of high school football. You know, the fact you can get maybe a thousand or so people at some of these games just watching, just watching some high school football. Truly amateur sports. Yes. <laughs> uh, five eight seven nine texting in. What are your predictions for the rest of Utah State football season? Are they going to be able to get? To at least a, excuse me, let me reread that. Are they going to be able to get at least bowl eligible? At that point, that feels like a stretch goal. <laughs> the first goal should just be win another game. Bowl game? Bowl game? <laughs> I just want to win a game. <laughs> Playoffs? <laughs> well, look, we kind of went through this just the other day. The path to get to bowl eligible has gotten a lot harder because two games that should have been in the bag are losses for Utah State. So how else are you going to get to five wins? Utah State has to get to five wins, and this is their remaining schedule, at BYU versus Air Force. Those are, I don't know, that seems like a really tall hill to climb, those two games. Then it gets better at Colorado State, at Wyoming, it's kind of a toss-up. It's at Wyoming, which will be tough. New Mexico should be able to get that one. At Hawaii, should be able to get that one. San Jose State, they're playing better than the Aggies right now. And Boise State, at Boise State, which has traditionally always been tough. 
They're in a shambles right now, but who knows? Uh, right now, I don't know. I, I When I look at the remaining schedule, I don't see five wins for the Aggies to get the bowl eligible. Yeah. I see the possibility for five wins. That's That'll be my optimistic take for the day is I see the possibility. I could see them beating Colorado State, beating Wyoming, beating New Mexico, beating Hawaii. And, I mean, right there, that's five. Or, no, that's four. And San Jose State, I guess. So that that's five. But you think this team's going to go on a five-game winning streak? I don't see that happening. It's possible, but I just don't see it happening, especially well, at Wyoming and San Jose State. Those are kind of tall orders at this point. Yeah, I mean, you consider the, the strides that they made from Weber State to UNLV. Okay, they make it th- that next step in their progression, clean up their own mistakes. They they might be able to get there. And I agree with you, and I should have changed what I said there. I think you're right that there's a possibility. I have a hard time seeing it, but there's it. it's possible, yes. Yeah. It's going to be a tall order. And the way we're looking at this, assuming Utah State doesn't pull off a stunner against BYU or pull off the win against Air Force, they're going to be on a five-game losing streak. Is a team on a five-game losing streak going to be in a state mentally to be able to reel off five straight wins? I don't know. Granted, I think in 1994, it ended up being like the first year Utah State had been to a bowl game in like forever. I think they actually closed out the year with like five straight wins. I think, I know Eric, you're going to look this up so I can figure out if it's right. It was the year they went to the Vegas Bowl, and Matt Wells was actually, I think he was on the team. I don't know if he was the starting quarterback. But they closed out the year with a, with 1993? a run. Yeah, 93, I might have been it. So um, they won their opener. Yeah. Then they lost one, two, three, four, five in a row. And then they finished out with five wins. And then they won the Las Vegas Bowl to yeah. get to seven total victories. So I guess it's happened. But <laughs> actually, I think Calvillo was the quarterback that year. And Wells was the backup, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, Wells was the backup. So yeah. So Calvillo was the quarterback. But victories over Southwest Louisiana. Tough, tough matchup. I'm sure. UNLV, they beat BYU that year, the famous 58-56 game. Pacific, Louisiana Tech, and New Mexico State. So not the toughest schedule. Not yeah, as tough little, as a little different than what's staring down the Aggies. But but then, I guess then again, we're looking at their schedule in a supposed five-game win streak is Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico, Hawaii, San Jose State. So that actually isn't it, the tallest well, order. Yeah. Once they get through that, where they would complete their – losing streak so yeah. to speak that stretch of of tough games yeah replicate 93 yeah it's not it's not the toughest i just i contradict myself saying it's not the tallest order when i said it was a tall order <laughs> but uh it's not the toughest shown schedule. done it before yeah it just, just popped into my head so i guess it has happened nearly um, 30 years ago yeah but hey we talked about 1978 <laughs> that's true <laughs> that was forever ago i was like Forty something years. I'm trying to find silver linings wherever we could find them. That's my thing. Is I look into the past to get a window into the future. That's my, you know, is there a precedent? And there is. There's one. <laughs> yes, there is. That's that's the only one. All right, more on that uh, coming up. Um, and want to get. There's a few other comments from the players that I want to get to as well uh, about this rivalry, about Utah State and BYU. Uh, love to get your thoughts on it. We uh, need to give our player of the week. And also reveal pick six, how we did in trying to predict the future. 
That's all coming up on the Full Court Press in about three and a half minutes. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair. He's on the go. He's ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. And and from my understanding, you guys have been awesome. I talked to him actually just the other day, and he's he's busy. And so you're you're putting him to work, but he's not too busy to not help you. He can still address your issue. Uh, he's locally owned. He's he's operated. He is certified. He'll come to you where your problem is with your vehicle. Just give him a call. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Comfort Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's an AFC West rivalry renewed as the Las Vegas Raiders host the Denver Broncos. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as these two longtime foes battle it out in Vegas. Can Russell Wilson lead the Broncos to a third win in a row? Or will Derek Carr and Devontae Adams power the Raiders to their first win of the season? It's the Raiders and the Broncos. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Yeah, Utah State, I think the rivalry, yeah, it'll be sad that it's going away, but I think we always will have Utah too, so the in-state rivalries are always fun. Except they, uh, they won't have you talk. Is my mic still off? No, you're good. You're oh, no, my headphones aren't on properly. That's why I can't hear myself. <laughs> That's your fault, not mine. <laughs> no, it's user error this time, not you. Um, yeah, so he's not like going to have Utah as much. I think they'll actually try because they're they'll see each other. They'll as, still be both Power Five conferences. Yeah, and it's not going to be this BYU trying to go all little brother on Utah State and say we'll only play you if you come here. And we never go up there. You know, Utah is not going to try and do that to BYU because they don't have the <laughs> – Utah just can't do that. We're in the bigger conference. The Pac-12 is falling apart. <laughs> I mean, Utah has owned the rivalry lately, but still. Yeah. But then they lost. Um, to the rivalry, 
Hunter Reynolds addressed it and what that vibe is like in the locker room for Utah State coming into this game Thursday. I mean, it's, it's a huge one. You know, last year they came in our house, beat us. Uh, this year, you know, despite everything that's happened so far, our mentality is move on to the next game, learn what we can learn from the previous ones. So, you know, we feel like at our best, we can hang with anybody on our schedule left or anyone left on our schedule. So, you know, we're going to this with the mentality of it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, they're obviously a good team. They've played a lot of good teams so far, been in competitive games, won competitive games. Uh, you know, offense, they have a big offensive line. They're physical. They're going to try and run the ball down our throats. So, you know, we're amped up. We're extremely excited just to go out there uh, and, you know, keep keep improving from last week. Did we say who that first quote was by the BYU player? Oh, no, I don't think we did. <laughs> I was like, we didn't say who it was. That was, it was Jacob Robinson, by the way. Aggie legend Jacob Robinson. Transfer. Played four four games at Utah State in 2020. Started a game. Then he transferred. Yeah. Yeah. Household name, Jacob <laughs> Robinson. So, uh, look, it's it's a rivalry game. Even though some people in Provo try to cast it off as it's not one, but on the on the they have a board in their locker room of their goals, and one of the goals is beat our rivals, and it lists Utah, Utah State, and somewhat surprisingly Boise State. Yeah, whenever they're on the schedule, well, they've kind of become like along with Utah, Boise State's the other kind of regional powerhouse. You know, in Utah, Idaho, it's just kind of that little sliver of land between the West Coast and obviously your Oklahomas and Texases of the world. There's that little geographical area. It's BYU, Utah, and Boise State. So that's like that's those true. were the those were the big three. So those are the ones that BYU wants to beat, but they also want to beat Utah State when they play them because if they don't, then they can't little brother us. <laughs> All right, another quick timeout on the full court press. When we come back, we'll reveal pick six and our player of the week. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from Chem Drive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex, find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. 
Mountain West Motor has a fun event coming up on Saturday. It's an off-road car show event. Gather at their place at 4 o'clock. Then they're going to head up to the Providence Quarry at 5, grill up some hot dogs and burgers. It'll be a fun Saturday afternoon. So go check it out at Mountain West Motor, 615 North Main in Logan. Drown your sorrows of the BYU loss in some hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> or, or, or celebrate. celebrate one of the best wins in program history with a bunch of hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> there you go. Uh, short on time, but let's get to our player of the week. Who stood out to you, Jason, in their individual performance over the last week? Uh, this one's kind of both individual and career performance. I'm giving it to Albert Pujols, who hit oh. two home runs in a single game, his 699th career home run. And his 700th career home run, joining uh, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and Hank Aaron, I believe, is the only players to hit 700 home runs. That's a pretty exclusive 700 club. It is. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to give mine to who I voted for for the Region 11 Football Player of the Week <laughs> in Carson Olson at Mountain Crest, just I- impacting the game on both sides. He rushed the ball. 14 times for 41 yards and a touchdown. And as a linebacker, 11 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. It's always impressive when you see somebody impact the game on two different sides of the football. Yeah, this was a really competitive week for the voting for our player of the week between Carson Thatcher and and Olsen. They both had the same number of votes, and I had the final vote. And I, uh, ah, you were the swing I, vote. <laughs> I, I did the tiebreaker. Um, I was just you know impressed by Thatcher's performance. So I, but I was I was torn over. It. I was like, because I watched Olsen. I was calling the game, watching him basically dominate on you know both sides of the ball. It was, it was watched crazy. his highlights today. He looks great. Yeah, good player. Okay, speaking of tiebreakers, our pick six may come down to one thing on our list. What we try to do to predict the weekend. So Mountain West wins this weekend. Set the line at five and a half. There were only four. You took the under on that, so you got that correct. Uh, Region 11 home wins. I set the line at one and a half. <laughs> it was zero. <laughs> uh, you took the under, so you got that one. Strikeouts by Shohei Otani on Friday at the Twins. Set the line at seven and a half, and he threw seven. Yeah. I took the under on that, so. That was annoying seeing that. <laughs> I got that. Um, so right now you've got two. I've got one. Logan Bonner passing yards, 330. Well, 205 was the line. He threw for 313. I took the over. You took the under. So now we're tied 2-2. Patriots versus the Ravens. Who would be the leading rusher, Lamar Jackson or the field? Jackson rushed for 107 yards. The field, 73. The the next highest person was 73. Yeah, it was Ramon J. Stevenson. So I picked Jackson. You picked the field. So now I've got three. You've got two. It comes to this. How many 0-3 teams in the NFL after week three? Now, are we going by who got closest to the number? I believe you, because you said it was closest, so that's why I decided we were going to go with. Okay, so you went with two. Yeah. And I said three. The answer is one, the Raiders. Okay. So we're tied at this <laughs> point. So comes to the tiebreaker. Who? The, what would be the combined passing yards between the Bills and the Dolphins? Set the line at 695 and a half. Now, Josh Allen did his part. He threw for 400 yards. He did pretty good. But uh, Tua didn't do a heck of a whole lot to help there, so it was only 586. I took the over. You took the under. You win on the tiebreaker. (laughs) Didn't need any historic comebacks. Come down to the wire. 
Once again. All I needed was for 0-3 teams to not suck. <laughs> so they didn't. All like The only 0-3 team that's left is because they played another one of the 0-2 teams. So somebody had to be 0-3. And it's the team we never expected to be 0-3. No, we Raiders. all talked we both talked about the Raiders could be one of these surprise teams of the year. Yeah, we we both liked him. You're talking about, you know, Derek Carr, Dark Horse MVP. He's not looking good. No, it's a rough start. Yeah. And teams historically have a hard time digging out of 0-3 starts in the NFL. Yeah, talk about how bad 0-2 was and how little they did that. Yeah, 0-3 is death sentence almost. Hey, thanks again to the Utah State Club hockey team coming in and joining us. Uh Great opportunity to go see them in their home opener Friday night, 7 o'clock at the Eccles Ice Arena in North Logan.